Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys ages 5, 3, and 18 months. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids ages 10, 8, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Hi, everybody. Today I have a high five and it goes out to my husband, Jeff, because my Jeep, my beloved Jeep, which I talk about a lot on this, Somehow I started blowing cold air instead of hot air on our feet. Mm. Anyway, he fixed a bunch of stuff, like coolant, all that. But he has been driving it now for a week, trying to cold? fix it cold. Ooh, and it's and been cold. that is love, to <laughs> drive around in freezing cold so that your wife is comfortable and he's been working on it. So anyway, high five to Jeff for taking the cold and fixing my beloved. So... <laughs> Though maybe it wasn't such a sacrifice because Terlin just told me that he, like, turns off the heat in their room at night and blasts cold air out the window from the window, which is, like, it's snowing here. (laughs) It is so cold in our bedroom. Like, I literally, because we were talking about getting dressed, she gets dressed by the side of her bed, and I was like, what? No way. I, like, go into my bathroom where the the heat heat is coming down to get dressed because it's freezing. And to be clear, I love it. It isn't like it's against my will. I... I love sleeping in the cold because Jeff is a heater. So, like, I mm-hmm. literally have my own heater next to me in bed. <laughs> and it makes so that we snuggle more, which I love snuggling. So, I'm oh. like, you can keep it cold, but you just have to actually, like, put your arm around me so I can stay warm. So, I love it. But it is. I mean, I want to say, I don't want to exaggerate, but, like, maybe 60 degrees. Oh, my gosh. Maybe less. I don't even know. That's it is so cold. cold in our bedroom at night. We need to take a poll of snuggling versus not snuggling in sleep. With oh, yeah. couples because I hate to snuggle in my sleep. <laughs> in fact, someone, so we record at Parker's work and um, his friend Kyle was telling me that him and his wife do separate blankets in their bed, which is my absolute favorite. Like, don't touch me. Separate <laughs> blankets? Sleeping. Like, do you get like baby blankets? Maybe like a twin <laughs> each or something. <laughs> On ours, we have two big and we'll just like sometimes just each use one. Oh. And so I got, I got to know. You gotta know what people like, because I think it's so funny, that well, kind of stuff. you couldn't survive in the 60-degree weather then. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd just be over-shivering in my By yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you get, like, a mummy bag in your bedroom. I used to never, like, I never thought I'd be a snuggler, ever. Because, mm-hmm. like, anyway. But, yeah, I love, I love mm-hmm. it. More, the more the better. And we have to apologize because we have a mouse. <laughs> it sounds like where we record there's the squeaking, but it's not us. Like, it's squeaking when we aren't even moving. Yeah. We it's probably spent weird. 15 minutes before we recorded, like, shaking things, moving <laughs> things. And, only like, we're holding still, and it's just making the squeaking sound. So, apologies yeah. for the baby mouse. Okay. So, my face, I have a facepalm today, and that is a facepalm to last night, generally, the entire evening. <laughs> yes. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's, oh, that's probably it. Coming off like a holiday weekend time. We did a lot of sledding, a lot of movies, a lot of stuff. And yesterday, 
um, my kids were playing at Tara Lynn's house and like you could just tell their emotions were high. They'd been a lot of cousin partying and they came home and it was like full blown revolt. Like everyone's crying. Nobody will eat. You know, like Lenny's punching me in the back because I got him out of the tub. People are, everyone's screaming. It was psychotic. (laughs) It really was like to the point of, you know, a lot of times kids stuff when they're being like that, you're feeling frustrated. I'm like almost laughing because it's so psycho. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which I'm trying not to laugh because I don't want them to see me laughing because obviously I'm respecting their emotions and their frustration. (laughs) But it was wild. And so at 640, 640, I get them all. I'm like, I tried to give them a tub, but everybody's crying in the bath. It's just, it's psycho. And so I just get them all out put them in their beds they're screaming I'm like we're each like pinning one in a bed (laughs) for like you're staying here like you're not moving and and seriously so then my father-in-law came over and he's like coming in to say hi to everyone and he's like are they in bed I'm like yeah you know it's like 6 15 he's like what the heck because that's way earlier than my kids normally go to bed and within like five minutes all of them passed out which you know it was all sleepiness but it was I don't think I've had a knife like that night like that with everyone going crazy in a long time it was wild but on the plus side got a lot of stuff done because everyone was asleep by yeah that sounds amazing <laughs> and they were great at my house we were watching them for her because she had somewhere to be and they were great at my house so they're just saving they it unleashed for you. unleashed it on me it was wild okay guys so today we are going to talk about um a topic that Terilyn and I feel really, um, I don't know if we feel really strongly, that's the wrong way to say it. It's kind of one of our core principles. Yes, we love this concept and we've seen it affect us in a lot of ways after reading um, the book A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And we've talked about his book a couple times um, in past episodes, but we wanted to specifically talk about the topic of being present today and we talk about being present a lot on the podcast and aware um because we've noticed um, i've especially noticed for me in my life when i'm parenting or in my marriage or in my relationships or at work or always if i am present my life is better and i i make better decisions i'm better to the people around me I respond instead of reacting to stuff, and I th- I think a lot of times presence or be in the present or live in the present moment can get a little quotey and a little cliche, and so I just wanted, like, I love this um, episode because hopefully we're going to break it down um, to what the true, and when I say the true meaning, what Eckhart Tolle has explained to us, Terilyn and I are both like, this concept is still blowing our minds. We're mm-hmm. still like trying to learn it. But what we've learned true presence is and why it's important. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard to, if you were to say like, why be present or what is presence? Eckhart says to the mind, it really doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless because it's not something that you can conceptualize. It's, a new level of consciousness 
for you. So it's kind of hard to explain it, but we're going to hopefully give some tips that can help you get to a point where you can feel when you're being present. Mm -hmm. Because it's learned through experience, Mm -hmm. not intellectual. So that's the challenge with any of these kind of conversations is we're going to do things to help your your mind be introduced to it, but it's really only through experiencing it that you can actually understand. Mm -hmm. And today we're specifically going to be talking about the first chapter in A New Earth. It's a book that's been pivotal enough in our lives that we've decided just periodically we're just going to choose a chapter and kind of delve deeper into that specific chapter. So this is just chapter one. And um, both Felicia and I, I mean, we've obviously the concept of presence isn't a new one and we've been working on it for a long time in our lives but for both of us reading this book really I would say took us to a whole nother level Mm -hmm. both of us separately and so that's why it's so worth it for us to try to try to kind of bring the information that he brought to us to you guys so Eckhart Tolle starts out talking about flowers and well nature in general, but specifically today we're going to talk about flowers. How when you look at a flower, there is this beauty and we find this a lot in the natural world. When we're looking at something in nature, it is easy for us to connect into the present moment. Flowers specifically, I think, are especially powerful because they're so ephemeral. Like they don't last for very long. So when you look at them, there is this like, oh, it's so beautiful and it's only going to be here for a little while. Like in the springtime, There's these blossoms outside my house that smell so good for like a week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it really, when you're enjoying a flower, you're really just there enjoying it. So I think it's nice when you bring in something concrete like that, because we can all feel that feeling of being present, looking at something in nature that brings us awe. Or if you've ever seen a really gorgeous, I can think of my first transcendental moments as a child happened in nature, Mm -hmm. looking at beautiful things. Um, a a few of my really powerful ones when I was young was looking at something up close. Like when you stare at something and then the the more you see. I remember looking at moss on a rock one time when I was little and my mind was blown. And looking back, it was a total transcendental moment. Mm -hmm. And then another time it was looking over a view. I was by myself. My, My parents had like stepped away and I had this moment. Again, looking back, it was one of my first spiritual experiences of looking totally present I'm not thinking about the future or the past just looking at the beauty of this moment and uh, Eckhart actually says not only can we find that presence in nature so we're bringing these things up so that you can have these things be cues to you when you see beautiful things in nature when you see a flower when you see a view take that time to breathe it in and actually be present and something he says that I just love he says there is something about new life that really connects us to spirit and to the present moment. So anything baby, so puppies, kittens, Mm. and human babies, any of those things, he says, and he uses the funny, and the way he says it, he's the funniest word, but even like the most insensitive people can feel connected to spirit when they look at a small human Mm -hmm. and, or a small animal and, I love this because us as parents, that means we literally have, because it's true. When you look at a baby, you can see that there's more to them than just cells, Mm -hmm. right? You can like see the glow in them, the spirit in them, if you will, their soul, because it's so open. Like babies Mm -hmm. are just so open. So we have this opportunity as parents to literally every day when we look into the faces of our children, 
to have that be an anchor that connects us to the present moment. Mm -hmm. So let that be a cue. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You see your kids' faces and it can be a bring back. This is, and they are ephemeral as well. You know what I mean? Our kids change so fast. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of it is just breathing in that they are only going to cry like this with a little shaky tongue when they're newborn Mm -hmm. for a little bit of time. And I'm, and I might actually be experiencing really negative emotion while I'm watching this, but either way I'm here and I'm breathing it in. Yeah. Um, It's a good, it's a good cue. It's a good trigger. And when it comes to parenting that presence, I mean, I've seen in my own life when I am being present, you know, kids, they are always present. And I feel like a lot of times as adults, when they're having, you know, a problem or a big emotion, or on the flip side, they're having a really happy, amazing moment that they want to share with you. A lot of times as an adult, I'm like, yes, I cool thing, but I'm thinking about I need to get the roast out or whatever. Or when they're having a hard time, I'm thinking about the lecture I want to give about this thing that just happened when they're calmed down or whatever. So I've found that when I can be present in those times, I really am just 100% better parent because I'm fully understanding them because they really are present. And as adults, we lose that capability, I think. Mm -hmm. And then also, it's really helped me with um, last or two episodes ago, we talked about kind of that transition into um, parenting and like new parenting, especially with babies. And I wish I would have been more exposed to this looking back with just one little baby because Mm -hmm. there are so many moments that you can be present, but you kind of get a little bored or a little caught up in something else. And so I think it's a beautiful way to enjoy that slower time Mm -hmm. to be more present. You do have that opportunity with your first Mm -hmm. in a way that you don't get with your (laughs) your other ones. (laughs) Something I love about being present that as I was talking with Felicia, it just kept coming up for me that I just want to like put in as a motivation to really be aware of being present is that for me, presence is where I feel alive. Like the times in my life where I felt, um, I don't know if you've ever, say when I'm focusing on my breath and meditating, sometimes I'll feel like my coolest experiences. Maybe sometimes it's just like the most common for me is just feeling like my veins are like buzzing. Like my whole body, I can feel all the cells in my body feel so alive. Mm -hmm. That's just from sitting, focusing on my breath. Or when I'm looking at somebody in my life, I felt it before with my family and I felt it before with strangers when I'm talking to them and I'm really actually like looking into their faces, into their eyes specifically as they're telling me something. I feel this like connection and this love that it feels, it's like what makes up life for me. Like Mm -hmm. the most meaningful parts of my life, feelings of love, feelings in my body of being alive, they all come in moments where I'm actually taking the time to be present. When I'm scattered and I'm thinking of the future and the past, I never have those experiences of ultra strong love and gratitude and like feeling like my body is really alive. So that to me, presence is life. Like mm-hmm. that is literally all we have at every single moment. When I was in sixth grade, I had this amazing teacher who she was the one who first introduced me to pretty much all the things we talk about here. 
I mean, she had us memorize affirmations and we did meditation in class and we did visualization. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it was really cool at a time when not a lot of people were, I mean, I'm sure other people were talking about it, but it was the yeah. first time I was really, I mean, like on a regular basis doing those kinds of things. And so I still have them memorized, the things she'd make me memorize, but well, she'd invite us to memorize <laughs> and we would say them as a class. But one of the things is, um, Yesterday's the past, tomorrow's the future, today is the gift, which is a gift, which is why we call it the present. Mm -hmm. And her whole thing was, and it's still like, this is how I feel. The present moment is all we have. Mm -hmm. It is literally the only thing that we have. The past is already gone and the future hasn't even happened yet. Mm -hmm. It's not a reality. Our only reality is this very moment. Me sitting here at this table with Felicia talking to you guys. This is what my life is right now, this very moment. Mm -hmm. So I think if we can learn to tap into the present, we're actually living Mm -hmm. this amazing life. Mm -hmm. And otherwise we can go through and not And experiencing it and not numbing out or dwelling in any sort of pain, frustration of something that you can't change Mm -hmm. right then. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back with some tips on on some stuff that has helped us, some concrete things you can do to become more present. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so we're going to delve into kind of the all the great things that Eckhart Tolle includes in this chapter about how to actually be present and specifically what's worked for us in our lives when we're really focusing on being present. The first is to take time for stillness. It's difficult to be centered if you don't have a little bit of stillness in your day. So this goes back to taking however that looks for you. It could be obviously we're proponents of meditation, but a great time for this is to Take something that you're already doing and make it into a meditation. So I think the shower is a really great place for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just choose instead of to listen to music or whatever, focus on what your body is feeling in the shower. So take deep breaths in, let the water go over your head, actually feel it on your skin, kind of engage all your five senses. In fact, uh, one of my favorite <laughs> meditations ever actually starts with literally just going through all five of your senses. What am I smelling? What am I seeing? What am I tasting? What am I feeling? What am I hearing right now? And just going through those things is a nice way to always, your body is always here in the present moment. So anytime you can tap into your body, that's a way to bring you into the present moment. Mm-hmm. And an easy way to do that for me is, in fact, um, I was listening to Eckhart Tolle talk and he, and he was like, 
you know, he says the words like, if you can focus on your breathing and I'm like, you know, doing dishes while I'm listening and I'm like, okay, I'm back. But truly when I actually focus on my breath, so sometimes I like to do this, um, when I'm driving, because I feel like a lot of the times in the car, if I'm not like listening to something or, you know, my kids aren't like, play the Grinch one more time, I'm kind of, <laughs> that's how they talk. <laughs> play the Grinch! <laughs> From the backseat. Oh, Sunny now says, they love the Grinch. It's like freaky how much they love the Grinch. Which and song so do they like? You're a mean one, Mr. Oh, Grinch, yes. you know? The new one? Wait, the new They one like the, the classic. One? Okay. But the new one's good too, but they like the classic but sunny now even says minch minch like every time we get in the car so anyways have they moved away from halloween music uh, question yes they're off the <laughs> they're on to jingle cats and the grinch oh lovely jingle cats don't look it up if your kids haven't heard it don't do it you'll regret it's it. hilarious <laughs> though and they do love it so much they do that's sweet though i thought lennon is obsessed with halloween yeah. music at all times of the at year at all times but yeah. i'm glad at christmas time it gets pushed yeah. out but he's still, it's still, he wants the scary Grinch. He still a little bit likes the spooky. He doesn't love the toned down new Grinch. So anyways, back to the breath. <laughs> my mind was activated there. Got distracted. <laughs> Sorry. That was my fault. So if we can focus on breathing, that always works for me to bring it back to the body. And if I'm really focusing on my breath, it is really hard to think about anything else. Mm-hmm. So I love, mm-hmm. I really love that tip because a lot of times I find myself even holding my breath mm-hmm. when I'm doing stuff. You know what Eckhart totally says about breath that I love? He said that um, somebody like showed him once, it was like a self-help conference and they showed him like the list of all the classes to choose from. They're like, which one do you think I should choose? And he's like, these all look lovely. But he's like, just so you know, you will learn more just by focusing on your breath every day than you could mm-hmm. from like that. the breath is the best teacher because we always are breathing Mm -hmm. so it's something we can always go back to Mm -hmm. and 30 seconds of breath work just coming back to your breath throughout the day over years does so 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 much so it's almost comforting to me to know you know what i'm always breathing Mm -hmm. i can go back to this always Mm -hmm. you know it's always a good teacher yeah i love that and terilyn kind of touched on this with the shower but with that breathing and filling the senses um to find value in your present moment. So I already touched on this, but that's really the only moment we have. So if we're constantly interpreting, judging the past, the future, then as Eckhart says, we're missing the mark. The The best part of our life is right here. So if we can be here in this moment, that's the best tip there is really. And uh, something he also says that I really love. He says the most people go throughout their day thinking of the next thing. So while you're in the shower, you're thinking about what you're going to be drinking, whatever, you know, morning drink you drink. Mm-hmm. And then as you're drinking it, you're on your way to work and you're thinking about what you're going to be doing at work. And then once you get to work, you're thinking about your meeting that you're having at 10 a.m. And so therefore, if we live our entire lives just thinking about the next thing, then we actually just miss our whole life. Whole life. So... Ugh. I, and I actually love it. And this, I, I mean, you guys have heard me say this, but I feel like our life is made up of ordinary things. And we have extraordinary moments, no doubt, that make our life, that also bring meaning to our life. But I look at, I mean, even people who live 
outwardly very extraordinary lives. Say they're famous and they perform a lot. I mean, like, so they're doing pretty extraordinary things that aren't, that you wouldn't call ordinary. Even those people, I think if you broke down their day, that still is the smallest portion. Mm -hmm. Say performers, they're not performing 90% of their lives. They work up to a performance. Um, Olympians, same thing. That's like extraordinary. But those extraordinary moments are still a sliver of their life. All of our lives are made up of ordinary moments. And I feel like the more I've like meditated on the idea of it, I feel like it's enjoying the actual ordinary moments and finding meaning in those ordinary moments that actually make our lives extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And then when those really actually extraordinary things come, say you get your book deal that you were hoping for and you get that speech that you loved, you're not, your whole meaning isn't derived just from that. It's simply adding layer and layer into this beautiful life that you've created. But you've, your whole life, your 90% of your everyday things is where you're finding your rejuvenation and your meaning from. Mm -hmm. So therefore... you can actually take those those really outwardly extraordinary things mm-hmm. and it's just adding. It's not the thing that's validating your entire life. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, like, totally. Not I living don't know. for that. Yeah, I, I really think the magic is found in our ordinary, simple moments. And that can be drinking something in the morning mm-hmm. and giving your kid a hug. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. That could be, there is meaning in all of mm-hmm. those tasks. Yeah. And on that note, so... If you, if you can truly live like that, say, I mean, even if you can get to a place where you're 75% that, your life, I feel like you will feel satisfied. You're going to be living in a, a satisfied present place. So when you do, one of the things that Eckhart says is not to change anything in your life when you're dissatisfied. So don't make any, uh, like... I can't pay my bills and I'm, you know, all these, you, you have all these things going wrong. He said, don't change. Don't make any changes from that place. Don't make a change until you're satisfied with your present moment, which he's not saying you get to a place that's happy and then you're satisfied. It's being satisfied with whatever the present moment is before you make any changes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty, when I heard that, I was like, that is really mind-blowing because I think most all of us only make changes when we're dissatisfied. You know, like, why change if I'm feeling all great and hunky-dory? I'm only going to change if something's going wrong. So I loved that concept to be satisfied where I am, make changes after I've accepted and I'm present with that. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And as you're saying that, it's we're not saying be satisfied as in, like, Yes, I like it. I love my debt, mm-hmm. therefore I'm going to keep it. It's accepting it, yes. that it is your reality. So by being satisfied, we're meaning be present with it. Mm-hmm. This is my actual reality. Mm-hmm. I'm accepting that it's here, but I'm not accepting that it's going to stay. And right. therefore I'm going to take inspired action. So you're coming at it from a place of abundance and hope instead of despair. So right. your action mm-hmm. is actually going to be a lot stronger, changing whatever it is. But you can't change it if you don't accept that it is the actual reality. Mm -hmm. So that satisfaction that she's talking about is, can you accept that that is your present moment? Because wishing it away isn't going to do anything. Or denying it. Or or denying it or avoiding it or Mm -hmm. numbing it. None of that's going to help you. But if you can accept this is it and I'm going to do something 
to change it for the mm-hmm. future. But I'm coming at it from a place of power and abundance instead of scarcity and dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. And that word specifically satisfied, as you were saying it, I was picturing all the times. I'm just like when Felicia was describing when she was doing the dishes after listening to Eckhart. And like, it's almost, I actually feel like life becomes so almost overwhelmingly satisfying. Mm-hmm. You find satisfaction in bubbles. Like mm-hmm. when else? Mm-hmm. Normally doing dishes is not that satisfying. Mm-hmm. But I actually find that life becomes, when I say overwhelming, that's I'm using it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Like satisfying is the best way. Sunsets fill me up when I'm actually looking at them and appreciating their beauty. The hug of somebody that I love actually fills me up and is satisfying when I'm there with the hug. Otherwise, all these beautiful things, they don't actually fill me up at all. They're just things that I pass by. Mm-hmm. But I feel like being present is the way to take them in. So I actually am loving that you're using that word because it is. It fills us up and it makes mm-hmm. us satisfied. And if you've ever eaten, say, uh, an orange and been present with the orange, the f- flavors are almost like overwhelming delicious it's like there is so much flavor here Mm -hmm. but if i'm not paying attention to it an orange becomes boring but french fries sound way more exciting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if i'm actually being present with it the orange is way more satisfying because i'm paying attention how it feels in my body and the flavor of it so much so i actually think presence is the way to feeling satisfied with our life in that sense Mm -hmm. filling us up in every way food Mm -hmm. love all those things Mm -hmm. it's only through being present that we actually ever get full. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we go through our lives trying to pull stuff into us. We've done, I mean, we've talked about this with numbing. You're pulling stuff in. You're pulling in information. You're numbing yourself by just like scrolling through the internet for random things. You're eating junk food because you're just trying to fill yourself up. Mm -hmm. But because you're not present with it, you never get full and you keep being unsatisfied Mm -hmm. over and over and over. I think about that with stuff. Because we're bombarded with with seeing things that are new but are we really, you know, my husband's really good at, Parker's really good at um, kind of, I, I call it old school stuff appreciation where you like love your things so you fix them and you care for them and you keep them mm-hmm. for a long time, mm-hmm. which I feel like our, good. our generation has lost a titch because we do have access to two-day new vacuum that's, mm-hmm. you know, half the price now and mm-hmm. da 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 So... If I am present with my things as well, my clothes, my home, whatever it is, I feel a lot more satisfaction. I'm like, oh, I love you, blanket. You know, like mm-hmm. you might have some bawling over there, but you've kept me warm. If I'm if I'm really present with my stuff, I feel much more satisfied. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And speaking mm-hmm. of material things, I'm actually glad you brought that up. It is December. And so we talked last week about the antidote to materialism, which is one of the antidotes, which is gratitude. Another antidote that I feel like uh, Eckhart Tolle touches on, which I really love, it's the, um, and this is in the Bible. Oprah says it in her interview with Eckhart Tolle that I really love, but in the Bible it says to be in the world and not of the world. And the idea here is, can we live with material things that we enjoy without being defined by them? Mm-hmm. So the idea here is, and a good question, so this is hard for me with things that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's take my Jeep, which I am, I'm not a car person. I don't care at all what car I drive unless it's a Jeep. And then Mm -hmm. I am full blown in love, obsessed every time I climb in. I mean, literally like I've had it for four years now. And every time I climb in my Jeep, like I feel like a little rush of joy. Like Mm -hmm. I just, 
love everything about it. I mean, when I drive places, like I don't want drives to end when the top's off mm-hmm. because I just love it so much. So that's an example of it's a material thing that I love. So the question is, though, it becomes um, what Eckhart Tolle calls egoic wanting. If we move into, I cannot live without this. Mm-hmm. Like my meaning, my identity is wrapped up in this material thing. So a good exercise to test out on yourself is if I didn't have this, mm-hmm. could I still, is it too much of a part of my identity? Could I, could I lose it and still feel fulfilled? Mm-hmm. And just asking myself that uh, with a lot of things, it's an easy answer. Like, of yeah. course, of course, my identity isn't wrapped up in this, all these mm-hmm. material things. But there are some things where I feel it a little more. Like with my Jeep, I'm like, ooh, that would be difficult Hard. for me. Mm-hmm. But asking myself the question allows me to still enjoy it, but not in a way that like I am, this is so a part of me and and my worth and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So you could look at this with house, you could look at this with um, salary, any of those things that all these things are wonderful things that we work to manifest and we enjoy and we accept with gratitude and abundance. So this isn't, I'm not trying to say we're rejecting Mm -hmm. material um, enjoyment Mm -hmm. at all, but I think it's important just to remember that it isn't part of our actual identity. So we enjoy them Mm -hmm. without actually having them be part of our worth. And that question is helpful for me Yeah, to ask, Yeah, could I still feel meaning and value without it? And in fact, he says, you know, if you want something, get it. And then if it doesn't satisfy you, you know, that was your ego really wanting it, which I think is most all things. When I think of most all material things, mm-hmm. it's like there's there's still, I feel like there's always that next wanting of the next new thing. So I think it's super, I just love to be able to be aware of that. Am I satisfied by that example piece of cake whatever or that by getting that new tv is that really going to satisfy me in the present moment or is it my ego really wanting it i think it's a really important question to think about mm-hmm. and i he makes it sound so easy too he's like yes work just towards, get it just manifest that and then you know <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but so as you were describing that though i have had things though where it is something that i've worked towards and it isn't like a mindless purchase but where it's like a, I want this it's a deliberate choice and I'm present with it when I choose it and it and it is know, satisfying and I worked into my budget and all those things and it is very satisfying mm-hmm. when you get totally. it and sometimes it does improve my life immensely like mm-hmm. like my Roomba for example I mentioned yes. that last week like that was like a wow this very was satisfying. much more satisfying than I thought mm-hmm. it was could I live without it sure mm-hmm. but wow I sure appreciate it mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying that satisfaction that does come with it. Yes. So I think you can find that definitely. Totally. It's different than mindless trying to fill yourself up though in an attempt to feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. start from a place of satisfaction, I think that good choices, bringing things into your life, deliberate choices can just enhance that and not be egoic wanting as yes. Eckhart says. And being, and maybe it's also the um, just being present with the satisfaction. So you actually do get the enjoyment of your Roomba instead of just, you know, another thing in the corner. You're actually aware of that you are satisfied by it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the thing I like about this whole concept is it allows you to, I think that um, some people have the belief that 
spirituality equals uh, poverty. Like, you have to be a monk. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And live with no belongings and... And I, and I love this concept because I think you can live in as much abundance as you choose with whatever material comforts you want to enjoy and still be spiritual if you can stay present and be aware of present deliberate satisfaction versus egoic wanting. Mm-hmm. So I really love it because I feel like it answers for a lot of people a problem that's um, a lot, you know, a lot of us have ingrained deep within us that you can be spiritual and still enjoy a lot of the comforts of this life mm-hmm. and a lot of abundance mm-hmm. and it's a it can be a positive thing mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't become part of our worth our identity mm-hmm. and feeding our egos which our egos never are satisfied so right you know. and probably in turn be more generous yeah as mm-hmm. a person mm-hmm. if yep. you're living like that yeah I totally agree <clears throat> okay so those are a lot of tips but our try this or not Um, for today is to just observe your thinking. So um, Eckhart's whole thought and his concept is that if your mind is thinking, so if you're having really any mind activity, then you're not in that present moment. So observe your brain and where it's going. Is it jumping forward to the future? Is it Um, dwelling on the past and then use your physical senses to come back to the present moment so maybe that's um, hugging your child and feeling their skin going back to your breath feeling the weight of a dish as you put it away um, whatever it is for you to find presence throughout your day so give you that challenge and as you're doing that just an important note here when we're saying observe when your brain is going to the past or the present the key for me to be able to do this is to plan my day in the morning. So it's the time I give myself to look forward Mm -hmm. purposefully Mm -hmm. and plan out the day. So then for the rest of the day, anytime I find myself going to the future, I say, I've already, already know, I've Mm -hmm. already, I already know where I'm going and what I'm doing. So therefore I'm coming back to the present. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if, as you heard Felicia say that invitation for you to focus on today, if you're like, well, how am I going to know what I'm doing? If you just take a few minutes to plan in the morning, you won't feel that little bit of scared feeling. Yes. (laughs) I think that's important to note because when I first heard this, I'm like, does that just mean I live like, like I'm not even thinking, whatever, just look at the wall. And Eckhart talks about this specifically in other chapters, but he talks about, So say it's meal planning, for example. You have a set-aside time of planning out in the present moment. I'm planning out these meals. Then I'm not thinking about them, stressing about them later. Or exactly in the morning, looking, planning forward to your day so you're not making all these decisions throughout your day. You're able to live present. So I'm glad you brought that up. I love that. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us on this one. And I hope you find some stillness and presence today. Let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> <And> brown cows. <laughs>